Welcome back to Titans Time, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. Welcome back. I'm your host, Tanner Staggs, joined here by my brother, Tyler Staggs. I do want to say before we get started, if you enjoy the show, um, please give us a follow on Twitter at Titans underscore time. And don't be afraid to leave us a five-star rating and review. It definitely helps us out so much. And don't forget to share the podcast with a you know with a friend. Uh, it definitely helps us to get as much exposure uh, as we can. So definitely just please share the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it, and it helps us out more than you know. Uh, Tyler, to start off, I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to someone that recognized us on Twitter early yesterday morning um go ahead and talk about that for just a second as many of you know last week on one of our podcasts we listed our top five all-time favorite titans players and keith bullock was my number one so early yesterday morning uh or actually a couple days ago i pulled the keith bullock jersey out of the closet gave him a shout out on twitter letting him know basically that he was my number one uh, in my top five and early yesterday morning he liked our tweet and quoted it and you know that was just really big for me having my all-time favorite titans player quote the tweet that i sent big out. shout out to keith bullock what a guy um to start off we're going to go ahead and give a quick recap of free agency um so just to get right into it, the the Titans, this is kind of how their free agents period has shaped up so far. Um, they've signed tight end Cole Herdman. That was a while back. That's old news. Um, re-signed Ryan Tannehill. Then they franchised Derrick Henry, signed Vic Beasley um, to kind of like a one-year prove-it deal. I think that this could turn out to be one of the biggest steals of free agency. Um I have a lot of confidence in Beasley, and I think that he could be a game changer for our pass rush, big time. I really think he's going to help our pass rush too. Um, I know there's a lot of questions about him, but I'm really excited to see what he does. Well, I'm excited about, you know, we get to bring him in, like you said, on a one-year prove-it deal. So if things don't work out, it's not like we have money tied up with him for several years to come. You know, it's just one year – we get to see what he can do, and you know if he comes out this year and shows out for the Titans, then you know maybe we see about bringing him back for a couple more years. Oh yeah, yeah, because he definitely has endless, endless potential. And if we could bring that just superstar side out of him that everybody knows that he has, that would be just be huge. Um, then after Vic Beasley, we re-signed Dennis Kelly. Um, He's pretty much guaranteed the starting spot at right tackle. And in hindsight, I think this was the smartest move for right tackle. Um, I and I was big on bringing Conklin back, but I think that this was the smart move, and I'm glad that that's what they did. Uh, and then re-signed Michael Pruitt, Correa. He's one of my favorites. Also signed Ty Sombralio. Uh He's an offensive tackle. Avery Genesee for the O-line. Nick Zunbar, who is a huge special teams guy. Jack Crawford, he's a veteran uh, inside D-lineman. 
Uh, that's a huge depth piece there. Am I missing anyone? I feel like I'm missing some guys. We also signed back Anthony Ferkser. Uh, oh, yeah, Ferkser. We signed back Cameron Batson, signed Reggie Gilbert. Yeah, so. Cameron Batson's big, too. Reggie Gilbert. Um, So that's just kind of to recap. I think that... And more to add to the uh, you know free agency. You know, they also released Delaney Walker, Deion yeah. Lewis, Cameron Wake, Ryan Suckup. You know, and that just that ended up clearing up about eighteen million dollars. Yeah, released some guys that cleared up room. a lot of money that was used, in my opinion, better than what it was tied up in before. And then also, of course, trading uh, Casey to Denver for the seventh round pick, which you know should have cleared up around ten million in cap room. And you know, speaking of trading Drell Casey. You know, that kind of helps us segue into our next segment here of how do we see the rest of free agency going for the Titans? Me personally, with trading Casey away, I feel like the Titans have something up their sleeve for another big move. You know, I just don't on see... The, on the defensive line. On the defensive line. I just don't see getting rid of, you know, a pro bowler like Casey and then not making a move to replace him. So for me, I know we've been kind of down on this possible signing. I think that we have the same person that we're fixing to refer to. After doing more research on him, just seeing how he can disrupt plays, and as long as he is healthy, I have to believe that the Titans are going to make a move to get Jadavion Clowney. And for me, you know, maybe you do a one to two year deal. Just bring him in, see what he can do, you know, see if he can stay healthy. And I I think the only thing that's kind of holding up talks right now is the fact that with this virus going around, the Titans haven't been able to let their doctors, you know, examine Clowney and yeah. see, you know, where he's at, you know, in his physical health. Well, just real quick, let's just talk about how this could happen. And I think the way that I think um, they need to go about this is a little bit different than yours because um, per over the cap, the Titans currently have about $21 million of cap space. Um, the number that I keep hearing to set aside for draft picks is about $5 million. So then you leave the Titans with $16 million after they set aside money for draft picks, $16 million to play with. The big news from last week was that Clowney dropped his asking price to $17 to $18 million per year. Uh, so with a backloaded contract, uh, it's actually very possible, even though they don't have seventeen to eighteen million to play with, to get that to happen. Um, I could definitely see a contract where his first season is about fourteen to fifteen million, and then in the last year or two, his number is closer to twenty-two to twenty-three million. Um, it wouldn't work on a one-year deal or anything like that, obviously, because they would have to make some money moves. But with the way that their cap stands right now, I think a three- to four-year deal backloaded is the way to go. And 
if anybody could do that, I think it'd be John Robinson. Um, so well, I mean, he's proved that with the Tannehill deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Clowney, I think he's definitely the best move for them at this point. He's a game changer. He's so versatile. He's a great run defender, and he I think he's a little bit better run defender than pass defender, but he's almost as good uh, on pass rush. Well, I know last year, you know, he didn't have too many sacks, but just like I referenced to earlier, he's able to disrupt plays. And if you, especially if you go back to his time in Houston, you can see how there were a couple times where he read the quarterback and, you know, he had a rush going and he just jumped up and batted down a pass or I think a couple of them he intercepted, you know, just being a disruptive force and I mean if you think about it if they bring someone like Clowney in that adds just even more depth to like their edge not only does it add depth I mean it adds an x-factor player to your defensive line he can change a game in a split second right now while we're still on the topic of the rest of free agency I want to ask you do you see any way that the Titans end up working out a long-term deal with Derrick Henry before the July date that's the cutoff? Since that is such a long time period, I think that they will be able to reach a deal. Um, now, another thing is, if they do reach a deal, how do they structure it so they are still in the running for someone like Clowney because, you know, if they save $5 million in cap for the draft, like you said, that knocks them down to about $16 million left. You were talking about if they worked out a four-year deal with Clowney, them having, you know, maybe the first year be around $14 million. So that only leaves about $2 million not committed. So I think that, well, I don't, I don't know exactly the way that they would do it. I know the way that I would like for them to do it is for, you know, just the same way backloaded for Henry's first year to be actually cheaper than what his franchise tag is now. So they're actually going to save a little bit of extra money. And then, so they saved a little bit of money and then in the long run, more money, maybe some, maybe some extra money guaranteed in his second year. And then a lot, a lot of money in those third and fourth years, if it happens to be a contract that that's, that's that long, to One where thing. there's not as much tied up and it's easier to get rid of him without a huge cap hit. I actually made a mistake there. Uh, you know, I said that would only really leave him about $2 million. That could actually be enough because with their salary cap right now, the numbers that are showing – that is taking into his, account the $10.2 million for the franchise tag. But I would like for his so, first-year contract, if they do reach a long-term deal, to be the first year of it to be a little bit cheaper than what the the franchise tag is right now. I think I would be okay with... Or know, with it just being close. Yeah, I'd be okay with it being close. Maybe, you know, in the 11 to 11 and a half million even if it was over what the you know what the franchise tag is right now I still think if you can hang close to that and be over it just a little for the first year 
and then, like you said, backload it to where, you know, maybe come if they do four years where the fourth year is closer to that 15 million. Well, and the thing that you have to think is 15 million for a running back right now is very, very expensive. By the time we get to that third year, that fourth year, the way that the salary cap and the way that contracts are trending in the NFL right now, 13, 14, 15 million is probably not going to be that expensive for a running back. It'll probably be about middle of the pack. Um, for you know, for top for the top five running backs in the league, not for all running backs. Well, but, it depends on which running backs come up for contracts. You know, in these next couple of years. Yeah. You know, McCaffrey, he's already he just signed his deal. extension, yeah. so you know he's not going to be coming up in the next couple of years. Of course, you still have Henry, depending on how the rest of this off season works out or free agency period speaking of McCaffrey's deal do you think that that impacts Henry's deal in any way yes and no because McCaffrey does so much for the Panthers offense and his deal averages out to about what like 14 a year or more I believe if you just go off of the extension it actually comes out to around 16 but like I was saying, McCaffrey does so much for the Panthers' offense as far as not just running the ball, but pass catching, lining up at receiver. Me personally, I know we've just seen Henry mainly run the ball and got very small sample sizes of him pass catching out of the backfield. I believe if his pass catching, you know, continues to improve and he's able to line up you know out at receiver and also if his pass blocking also develops more then you know McCaffrey's contract could have an effect on Derrick Henry's yeah but as of right now uh I feel like especially with the Panthers they need McCaffrey right now to keep fans in the seats and just to really have any hope at all I mean he's I feel like he is just the last string that they're holding on to to keep from ending up as, you know, the the Browns or the Jets or whoever. Um, anyways, back to Clowney for just a second. Uh, in his 2017 season with the Texans, uh, which was his healthiest season, uh, he ended up with nine and a half sacks and 21 tackles for loss per pro football reference. I mean, that's a versatile season. Nine and a half sacks is great. It's good. I mean, it's not, you know. It's about average yeah. sack-wise. For, for a good pass rusher, it's about average. Um, 21 tackles for loss is. That's the big factor for me. That's huge. Um, he is just such an impactful player and just I don't know what it is that I have against him, but for a long time, I was against the Titans signing him. But I think it's their best move at this point. Uh, I think it would be the ideal signing to finish off what's been a pretty successful offseason so far. Um, Sean Calderon, a contributor for Titan Size, made the point to me on Twitter that if they wait until after the draft to sign Clowney, they can still get a comp pick in 2021 for Jack Conklin. 
So if they could work that out, that would be the best way to finish off this pretty successful offseason so far. Well, I'm going to say there's a very good chance that you know they do wait until after the draft. Because that's next week. It's, it's coming next up. next week. And still, going back to this with you know all the virus going around, all the panic, I just don't see anything happening before the draft. It's all this shit going on around here. I saw this thing uh, yesterday. It said Tennesseans don't refer to the coronavirus or COVID-19. They just say, all this shit going on around here. Um, so anyways, speaking of the coronavirus and the draft, this draft is going to be pretty interesting. Nobody, It's pretty much virtual. What do you think about it? I think it's going to be, you know, obviously very it's going to be very different and interesting um where was the draft supposed to be held at this year i actually can't even remember you know i do feel sorry for the people that were you know excited about the draft coming to town um you know we really need to find that and see where it was yeah. but i wish we know, had colby here that is you know that's something big you know i went to when it was a draft last year. last year in nashville Granted, it was on one of the later days. It may have been like round well, still, six and you know, seven, but just the atmosphere and getting it's to just experience, a great experience all that. Yeah, you know, it was awesome, and you know everything being done virtually, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle other know, things than, like to, trades. To me, other and stuff than like the that. players going up, you know, in the in the first round, other than the players going up to the podium i really don't think it's going to be that much different well another thing you have to think about though is you know what if teams have technical problems you know i was watching uh the official titans podcast yeah, the otp the otp on youtube this morning and they were talking to uh john robinson they had john robinson on yeah about you know how before if a team was trying to work out a trade or something and their time ran out and they didn't get the pick in the team with the pick right behind them could jump them if they got a card turned in before you know like the titans did and i just can't see that happening this year with you know everything being done virtually because if someone has technical problems or you know, they're going to have to be doing, I feel like, a lot more to get in contact with these teams, whether trades you know, are going to be going down, things like that. So I think you really can't let them, let other teams jump anyone and possibly turn a pick in before them just because it's going to be different. They're not used to really doing this. They're used to all kind of being there together. And now, yeah. you know, even you know all the teams everyone they usually have in like their war room you know they're not all going to be together they're going to have to be communicating you know different ways as well so it is definitely going to be interesting to see speaking of interesting to see um some players that you're looking out for in 2020 that kind of flew a little bit under the radar last season or just aren't really that known that you think could come in and make a big impact next year i mainly focused on one player here and that's because 
he got picked in the fifth round of the draft last year by the Titans. He was injured, set out the first preseason game, then got put on injury reserve. The guy I'm looking at is DeAndre Walker. You know, like I said, he was out with injury last year, didn't get to play. This is a guy who, again, if he comes back and is completely healthy this year, I feel like he just adds more depth to our edge rush. And, you know, if you think about it, if we have a lot of depth at the edge rush position, then that allows us to sub guys in and out, keeps, you know, the edge rushers from getting tired as much because they can switch in and out. So you have fresh legs in there rushing the quarterback, trying to get in the backfield. You know, I went back to look at his senior season at Georgia, which, you know, in his four years at Georgia, yes, he only had 13 and a half sacks, but seven and a half of those sacks came in his senior year. He also had 45 total tackles, 23 solo, 22 assisted, 11 of those being tackles for loss. Three passes defended, four forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery, and 14 total quarterback pressures. And all of that was just in his senior season. I felt like he really, you know... Improved a lot. Improved a lot his senior season. And like I, said, I think as long as he comes back healthy this year, you know, he could be one of those guys that flies under the radar and makes a huge impact as a role player for the Titans. Absolutely. Um, I had looked at him. Two other guys that I had looked at, David Long Jr., a sixth-round pick in 2019, the linebacker out of West Virginia. He didn't play a whole lot throughout the season last year. Um, some of his biggest moments came in the playoffs. So, you know, the biggest stage that – you could be on, well, obviously, other than the Super Bowl, if they would have made it. But uh, playoffs are huge, and he definitely made a big impact, um, especially from what I saw in the Baltimore and the Kansas City playoff games. Uh, he even got two tackles for loss in the AFC Championship. Uh, the other day, I was watching the Ravens game over, and from what I saw, it seems like he's got really good instincts. There were several times where um, he would – you know, shoot the gap and stop the run, even though he didn't get any tackles for loss in that game. Uh, he'd stop the run for no gain or just, you know, less than a yard. And then you really saw that translate in the Kansas City game to where he was actually getting them behind the line. Um, I just think that, you know, you should definitely look out for him to make an impact next season. And he adds a lot of great depth behind Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown being who he is replacing in those playoff games and towards the end of the season. Um, another guy, Derek Roberson, he really came on strong at the end of last season, right before the playoffs. Uh, it was his second season, and he got three sacks in the last two games. Two of those coming against uh, New Orleans. Uh, I know that with pass rush being a huge need, we keep talking about that uh, for the Titans. Um, well, we want the Titans to have really focus on the pass rush this next season because it was evident in that game against Kansas City in the AFC Championship. Mahomes had all the time in the world. He was able to get out of the pocket, obviously had that 
20-something yard touchdown run. I mean, we have to be able to get after the quarterback this next year because I feel like if we can do that, that's going to be one of the things that puts us over the top and allows us to actually make it to the Super Bowl instead of falling a game short. And it's going to make our, our, our whole defense better. It's going to make our secondary better because they're not having to sit back and cover for eight, nine, yeah, ten um, just seconds. an insane amount of time. But I would look for him like a like a lot of other guys that we said. Uh, I know that this kind of seems like we're just repeating ourselves, but I would look for him to be a rotational piece that can come in on the edge and possibly make a few big impactful plays. Uh, and I think that's even huge. if it's not getting a sack or anything like that. As long as you can disrupt plays and absolutely you know, make the quarterback rush in his decision or you know make the running back have to do an extra cut that you know could allow someone else to get back there and stop him for either a loss or no gain and i think it's huge to have guys like that that even though they're not in there every play you have guys on the sideline that can make a huge impact and I really just think it's important to have a number of guys over there that you feel comfortable plugging in, uh, you know, just to keep keep your, your guys from getting tired. And, I mean, I just feel like, you know, a tired person coming off the edge is just not going to be effective. you got to have fresh guys in there. Well, it's just like with any position. You know, if you are playing down after down and – you know, if the offense is going on a long drive on you and you're getting tired, you're more likely to have a slower first step or, you know, make a mistake, get beat, something like that. So if they can keep fresh guys coming in off the sideline, especially on the edge, because, you know, like you said, on the edge, if you get tired, that first step is very important. And if it's, you know, just half a second slow, then, you know, the offensive lineman is going to be able to have a better jump and keep you from getting to the quarterback or disrupting the play. Absolutely. And I think that we've got three solid guys right there. DeAndre Walker, David Long Jr., Derek Roberson. Uh, definitely need to watch out for them next season. And hopefully we'll be right and they'll be coming in making a huge impact. Now, earlier we talked about the draft and how we thought that this virtual draft was going to go. Let's talk about now that one player we feel like the Titans must draft. Like, not doesn't necessarily have to be first round, second round, but just one player Seventh overall. Never. Just one player overall that you want them to take or that they need to take. Uh, in my opinion, I, I put this on our website i wrote a little bit about it jeff gladney is i've been harping on it for weeks now uh in my opinion this guy is the perfect fit for the titans i'm gonna stop you right there and say that you know i've been listening to you talk about him for the past couple weeks and when i was diving into my research for who i thought the titans should take i immediately knew that you know, especially with Logan Ryan, you know, we don't know what's going on with him yet. I don't feel like he's going to be back with the Titans this next season. 
I think they need to add some more depth to their cornerback position. And I was looking to see who I would want them to go with. Done some research on Gladney since you've been harping on him so much. And it come down to Christian Fulton from LSU and Jeff Gladney for me. And after really looking at... As it has for several people that have looked into the defensive backs that might be available when the Titans get there. Right. As I was doing more of my research, honestly, I like Fulton's size a little bit better, a little bit better than Gladney's. But overall, I feel like Gladney would be the more solid pick for them because he's able to really hang with the receivers better. He has really good recovery speed. Uh, about the only thing that I've seen that Gladney has trouble with is when he's matched up against bigger, more physical receivers. But once you get into the league and actually, you know, I've always heard people talk about, you know, oh, well, you know, he's kind of college strong. Once he gets to the league, he's going to get, you know, NFL strong, basically. Um, And I think he will get bigger and stronger and be able to better handle these more physical receivers. And another thing that really allowed me to put him over, put the Titans taking him over Fulton is Fulton likes to sometimes jump routes too early. And if you get him going against a quarterback like Mahomes, who, you know, just since his time in the NFL, he's proven that, you know, other teams should not have passed on him. I think with Mahomes and an experienced receiver, they could hit him with a double move, and he's more likely to jump that fake route and get burnt down the field. Yeah, uh, and Jeff Gladney, just to talk about him for a minute, he had surgery on a torn meniscus right after the combine. Um, I think he played through the whole season, his whole senior season with it. But he ran a four four eight at the combine, which a lot of people, myself included, expect him to run a lot faster. Well, I think um, uh, earlier in his college career or maybe he had ran like a four three five i think yeah so at, at tc i don't know if it's it was in the four threes um earlier i, I believe TCU. it was a four three five i believe that's what i seen last night um that uh, that four four eight was not fast enough to crack the top 10 out of cornerbacks at the combine um he did make the top 10 in bench press reps put up 17 reps of 225 and that ranked him seventh among the cornerbacks, he also posted a 37 and a half inch vertical jump and a 124 inch broad jump. Uh, he's quick and athletic. He has good instincts that you know he uses to break up passes and uh, you know really just torture uh, opposing wide receivers and quarterbacks. Uh, in their game against Oklahoma last season, he really did a good job when he was on C.D. Lamb of shutting him down. Uh, I do know there was one time uh, when I was watching that game over, he 
Lamb had him beat downfield. Um, he had kind of jumped on a little bit of a stutter step, and Lamb had him beat downfield. Uh, the quarterback overthrew uh, C.D. Lamb, but it definitely would have been a touchdown if it was if it was the throw was on target. Um, other than that, he completely shut C.D. Lamb down. Uh, I know Lamb had a touchdown in that game, but I believe Gladney only played in the second half, and he wasn't following uh, CD across the field, it looked like to me. But when he was on him, lockdown. One knock that I have on Gladney, he's actually a little bit opposite of Christian Fulton. Sometimes he'll give a little bit, a little bit too much cushion on a route to the inside, and that can also cause him to give up some big plays sometimes, not necessarily getting beat over the top, but to the inside. Um, you know, we always talk about how Odell can take a slant route to the house in, you know, a split second and change the game. Though, you know, those are the kind of routes where he, he can't give up that much space to the inside. Um, but, you know, going back to his broad jump and his vertical jump, uh, there those two uh, skills t- or those two workouts, whatever you want, what are the, what are they d- drills, whatever. Um, they're a good indicator of explosiveness. And I think that he's a very explosive athlete. Um, one knock that I do have on him uh, besides giving up too much to the inside is, um, he had in his career at TCU five interceptions and 37, Passes deflected. Um, just kind of tells me that he needs to work on he's not watching natural, the ball into his hands. He he's doesn't not have hand, the best hands. He's not an actual, a natural hand catcher of the football. Like He lets it come to his body more, Yeah, basically um, is what I'm trying to say. He definitely needs to work on his catching to where he can turn some more of those into interceptions. But... He he's great at keeping the ball out of the receiver's hands, which is huge. And I'm really big on this guy. I think that he's going to translate well to the NFL. And in my opinion, he's just the one. I mean, if he's there at 29, the Titans have got to take him. I agree. And to go back when we were talking about the draft, you know, we couldn't think of where it was supposed to be. I looked it up. It was supposed to be in Las Vegas. So. You know, again, just wanted to address that. That I feel bad that you know Las Vegas is not going to get the get to experience that this year uh, because of the changes that have had to be made. But you know, just wanted to hit back on that right quick. So you know, since we forgot about it earlier, um, I definitely think uh, as far as Gladney goes that all of his all the knocks that I have on him can easily be fixed once he gets into the NFL with the right coaching, with the right, uh, you know, hard work in the weight room. Uh, everything that I have negative on him is easily fixed. And with the Titans, you know, if they were to take him, it's not like he has to come in and be a starter right away. I would like for him to. But, but. he – he doesn't necessarily have to face that pressure because of like Malcolm Butler, Adoree Jackson, you know, just guys like that. He could come in, you know, in dime packages or, you know, even the Titans, 
if he does come in as a starter, you know, I made the comment about him having trouble with, you know, the bigger and more physical receivers. If they're playing a team, they can make sure to put like Butler or Adoree Jackson on those guys and match Gladney up with, you know, maybe one of the smaller receivers out on the field. Um, I definitely feel like uh, if they go through the rest of this offseason by locking down Henry, getting Jadavion Clowney, drafting Jeff Gladney, and then finishing out the draft solid, um, it's going to be a successful offseason. And if that's the way that it goes down, I will be very, very pumped and excited for the 2020 season. Obviously, I'd be excited anyways, but in my opinion, that just gives the Titans the best chance to win from from this point. That's their, I feel like that's their best route. I agree. Um, and, you know, no matter what, I'm just excited for Titans football. I just wish that it could already be here. I'm ready for it. Um, so, with that being said, that's all that we have. This has been Titans time. Um, once again... Go ahead and check us out on Twitter at Titans underscore time. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and let us know if there's anything that we can improve on or if there's anything that you want us to talk about. And be sure to check out our website, TitansTimePodcast.com. Um, you can, if you don't like watching our podcasts uh, anywhere else, you can definitely check them out there. Um and wherever you are watching them on, just be sure to leave us that five-star rating. It really, really helps us out, and we appreciate it so much. Make sure that you tell your friends or anyone else, share the podcast with them. It definitely helps us to get it out there and really just get more exposure. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you all next week.